Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. October 4th, 1582. Many of you were probably not alive. That year and day, Pope Gregory XIII introduced the Gregorian calendar to replace the Julian calendar. Now, the Julian calendar had been used since the time of the Roman Empire, but it wasn't perfect. And so the spring equinox had drifted from March 21st to March 11th. So to get things back on schedule, the Gregorian calendar eliminated 10 days. So people in 1582, and those of you alive uh, remember this, uh, went to bed on October 4th and woke up the next day on October 15th. So, did they lose time? Did they gain time? Or was it just a wash? I I don't know. Maybe we'll have to ask Pope Gregory XIII what uh, what he was thinking. Welcome! (laughs) Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So it looks as though the protests, uh, the environmentalist uh, protests in Paris has worked. Now, not according to the deputy mayor, Emmanuel Grigoli, he said, hey, we're not giving in to pressure. Uh, But, you know, we don't want the project overshadowed by controversy. So let's just say we're removing some of the friction. Yeah, so the protesters that that worked, right? No, 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 no. We're just removing some of the friction. Oh, okay. So they were going to build new complexes around the base of the Eiffel Tower. And the environmentalists were like, uh, no, uh, you're not going to cut down trees to make room for new buildings and new cafes and shops. Uh, no. How about no? And, uh, so they won. Now, again, the deputy mayor said, no, we're not giving in. We're just, well, you know. Uh, lessening the friction. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm sorry. Removing some of the friction. <laughs> I mean, they were, the protesters were chaining themselves to trees because they were going to cut down like 20 trees that are around the base of the Eiffel Tower. It's like 130 some acres surrounding the tower. And it's now going to be designated low impact vehicles just for low impact vehicles, buses, bikes walking pedestrians or pedestrians. Uh, new shrubs and grass will also be planted in the parks ahead of the 2024 Summer Olympics. Yay! So we're assuming that those games are still going to go on. But uh, July 26th through August 11th of 2024, the uh, Summer Olympics will be in Paris officially known as the Games of the XXXIII Olympiad. Uh, it is the uh, three-time uh, Paris. Three times Paris has hosted the Olympics, so it ties London, I guess, uh, with uh, the third time uh, hosting the Olympics. Yay! 
So they just want, they're going to uh, combine historical sites of Paris with sports venues. Are you? Okay, good. But we're not going to fix it up around the Eiffel Tower. We're going to leave that like a park. <laughs> Man, do I hate parks. Okay. I don't want, I want to cut down trees and put in shops. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, these trees are really old and they're hundreds of years old. And I'm, I kind of feel like I'm with the environmentalists here. But I hate to think that I'm with the environmentalist. Like, I'm not going to chain myself to the 208-year-old tree so that you don't cut it down. I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to go on a hunger strike. I know that may come as a surprise, but I'm not going to go on a hunger strike. But, I, you know, to save a tree. However, I kind of agree with them. Leave it alone. You don't need those shops. It's so beautiful around the Eiffel Tower as it is. Leave it be. All right? And you're going to bring in... Uh, the world to see Paris. You want it as pretty as you can be around the, the uh, this iconic structure of the Eiffel Tower. So uh, it's a good thing that Deputy Mayor Emmanuel Gregor uh, said uh, they, well, they're not giving in to pressure, but uh, we just don't want the project overshadowed by controversy. So let's just say that we are removing some friction. Oh, all right. Well, let's just say that even if it isn't true. Hey, did you see everybody's making a big deal about Howard Stern uh, leaving his home and uh, how he is still uh, hunkered down at his uh, house and he doesn't want to leave because of COVID and he's still a germaphobe and he's concerned uh, to getting COVID. He doesn't care. He doesn't want to go out and uh, he calls it the apocalypse bunker. And so apparently he finally decided to go out for a dinner. I guess Jimmy Kimmel, his friend, talked him into it. Jennifer Aniston was there. Justin Thoreau, Jimmy Kimmel, Howard Stern, Jason Bateman. Uh, so, you know, they were at Laser Wolf in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. It's just a uh, you know, beautiful place to dine. Uh, Laser Wolf. When you go out with these people, the A-listers, you want to go to Laser Wolf. <laughs> so, apparently, uh, he was out. He didn't wear a mask. Uh, he was at a large table. And they were all, they were all there, you know, having fun. He didn't want to go. He said the wife was excited and he didn't, he said, uh, I didn't want to go. My wife was excited. So he decided, you know what, I'm going to go. And, uh, it's Laser Wolf is an Israeli restaurant in Williamsburg. It was there Saturday night. And, uh, Howard is 68 years old now. And the wife talked him into going out. Now, listen, I, I kind of, I'm with him. Why, why does he need to go? He's a, he's a hermit. He likes being at home. He said on the show, I am, it was an exhausting weekend, emotionally, physically. Uh, for the first time in two years, I ventured out of my house. Uh, it was, it was too much for him. He said it was too much. I haven't been out in two years. I get it, man. I get it. I'm with you. If I could afford to do that, which Howard obviously can, uh, I would. And he said, he's, he knows that he's being, you know, kind of unrealistic. Uh, you know, he said, and I, this is, you know, Howard has said some things in the last couple of years that have been really agonizing. Uh, but, but we're letting those slide right now because I kind of agree with him here. Is that, uh, you know, he said that I know our president has told us the pandemic is over. Everyone is walking around without masks. I just don't want to get COVID. All right. I mean, he's super paranoid. Look, it's his life. He gets to stay home. And let me let me be clear too. Uh, Howard is staying at his uh, at his house in the Hamptons, and so as far as I know, Howard has three homes. He's got the place in Manhattan, 
which is uh, pretty sweet. And then he's got the place in uh, New York. I mean, in uh, in Florida, uh, on the beach, uh, Palm Beach. And then he's got the place in the Hamptons, which is, uh, you know, pretty sweet. Uh, he bought it a few years ago and then renovated it all. It has three levels. Uh, the master bedroom is 1,500 square feet. Uh, bathrooms are spawned over large areas, giant sinks, uh, balconies all around. He's got the man cave, the pool table, bowling alley, backyard has a pool and a spa. Uh, he's living okay. It's 16,000 square feet. And so while he's, you know, in lockdown, it's uh, pretty sweet to be in lockdown where he's in lockdown. So I kind of get it. He thinks, you know, he told Jimmy Kimmel, look, I, I, I'm living my dream. I like it. I like being home with my wife. I don't want to go out uh, into the, you know, into the masses. Uh, you know, he even joked about people coming into his house, getting tested, and wearing hazmat suits. Kimmel said that he and his wife stayed there uh, over the summer for a few days and was tested twice. And you can't leave if you if you come to the to the estate and then you leave. You're not getting back in, okay? Because COVID might come back in with you. <laughs> So while it's crazy, I get it. I absolutely get it. I know. So he's having a tough time trying to integrate himself back into everyday society. And, you know, I, I, I agree with him. I do. And if you had one of the three homes or all three of the homes that Howard has, uh, I can see where it's difficult for him to uh, adjust going back into being with the unwashed masses. Because I don't know if he's been to the penthouse in New York. I mean, that's a pretty sweet place, too. Uh, 8,000 square feet, scenic view over Central Park. I mean, it's gorgeous. Stunning view of the Hudson River. Uh, then he's got the place in uh, Florida, the Palm Beach Mansion, which is, you know, five bedrooms, 12 bathrooms, over three and a, a little over three acres. Uh, kind of sweet, right on the beach. Doesn't look like he's been there, though. Sounds like he's been just staying at the Hamptons. So he's, you know, he'll be venturing out more now because he said yes. And the wife is like, we're going out now. Okay. You can do whatever you want. That's fine. But we're at least once a week, we're going to venture out. Guaranteed. Uh, the wife will have that, uh, have that hammered down. Also, in some of the pictures, uh, there were, you know, some snapshots of them out to dinner. It's pretty amazing. Somebody's snapping shots of them out there at the, the laser wolf. There's a shot of Jennifer Aniston. And she, as she's sitting there, her purse, which is, I'm guessing it's her purse, is underneath her chair. And it's just on the floor, laying underneath her chair. And the guy <laughs> that did this story for page six, has <laughs> uh, got her there. It's the headline is, uh, her bag on the floor is stressing me out. It is a little weird. Look <laughs> at Jennifer Anderson. Somebody going to mess with your purse? No. So she can put it any damn where she wants. <laughs> All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. <sighs> so is Disney back on dish yet? I know they had the big blackout this weekend and sports fans were a little unhappy. With the uh, with the old plan, I know uh, Dish Network, satellite television, and the Sling TV services for customers across the the U.S. Uh, cut the old Disney networks. Uh, they're no longer on Dish or Sling. Uh, ESPN, FX, 
Disney Channel, Freeform, National Geographic, ABC, local stations in eight markets. <laughs> uh, people a little wound up that uh, he didn't work out a deal. So Disney is saying, hey, Dish has rejected a fair market-based uh, offer for continuing to carry the networks. Yeah, uh-huh. Was, was it a fair market-based offer? And, you know, people are pissed. So, you know, what are you going to do? You got... Uh, you got the blackout. It happened on YouTube TV uh, last year. It happens from time to time. These companies all want the best deals. So you're looking at uh, the full list. Wow. Uh, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN News, ESPN Desportes, Disney Channel, Disney Junior, Disney XD, Freeform, FX, FXX, FXM, National Geographic, Nat Geo Wild, Nat Geo Mundo, ACC Network, SEC Network, Longhorn Network, and Baby TV. <laughs> I've owned locals and I've winked off this too. Fresno, California, Houston, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Raleigh, San Francisco, all local ABCs. Wow. So as of June 30th, Dish had 7.79 million satellite TV subscribers. That's down 9% year over year. And 2.20 million on Sling TV subscribers, which is, again, down 10%. So they're both down about the same amount uh, from a year ago. Uh, So I I know that Disney worked out a deal. Dish worked out a deal with Sony Pictures, a game show network, uh, after a three-week blockout. Uh, And, uh, you know, Disney hit an impasse uh, with uh, Google's YouTube TV last year. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a two-day blackout. That's not as fun. There was a few. That was right during the middle of the bowl games. (laughs) Had to miss a couple bowl games. Had to search for them on YouTube and watch some crappy feed of them. So maybe they'll work out a deal. I don't know. If you've got Dish, uh, let me know if, uh, you know, when it gets back up and running. I'm sure the news will be huge when it does. And if it does, I mean, sooner or later, somebody's going to say, you know what? Screw off. Hey, congratulations uh, to uh, uh, Netflix who chose, uh, I guess yesterday, and I I apologize for not celebrating uh, a way that, could have been worthy of celebration was Mean Girls Day, uh, which is October 3rd, uh, 2022. But I guess every October 3rd, no matter what year uh, you're in, is, uh, you know, Mean Girls Day. I guess that's, you know, from the movie Mean Girls. And so uh, they announced that uh, Lindsay Lohan is going to have a new Christmas movie coming up on Netflix. And, uh, it's called Falling for Christmas. Now, I was reading about what this show is. It debuts November 10th on Netflix. Falling for Christmas. Now, I'm a fan of these Christmas movies. No question about it. In fact, I star in one. I co-star in one. <laughs> uh, you know, Absolutely, I love them. But this particular movie sounds a lot like Overboard, Only Christmas. Uh, so she... It's a... Her, um, she's a hotel heiress, Sierra, whose new engagement goes off the rails when she gets into a skiing accident that leaves her with total amnesia. Luckily, Sierra finds herself in the care of a blue-collar widower, Cord Overstreet, and his precocious daughter, Olivia Perez, in the days leading up to Christmas. Okay, so falling for Christmas... 
<laughs> I mean, that's overboard just for Christmas. So anyway, congratulations. And I can't wait to watch Lindsay back in work, back at work with Cord Overstreet as Jake in Falling for Christmas on Netflix. Do you see where Ye uh, showed up at uh, Paris Fashion Week with his, uh, with his sweatshirt with Candace Owens? Had the Pope on the front and uh, White Lives Matter on the back. And, uh, you know, he's always just a little pushing the edge just a little bit. Uh, and I love, I'm happy that finally USA Today, congratulations on the headline. Yay, Don's White Lives Matter sweatshirt for a surprise Yeezy show at Paris Fashion Week. Thank you, Hannah Yezeroff for USA Today for actually not using Kanye West and calling the man by his real name, Yay. So he was off, uh, he did a speech and he brought the kids, I guess, and everybody was there and he, blah, 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 blah. He went off on yapping. He said everybody has dedicated their lives to creating and being a part of something. Sometimes a cut will be slightly off, a stitch could be slightly off. But we did change the look of fashion over the past 10 years. We are the streets. We are the culture. We will not be bullied or treated differently than you've treated any other fashion show. (laughs) Okay. Yay. We got it, man. We got it. I'm with you. All right. Just, I know you got the kids here and everything. So calm down, man. People feel like they have the right to come to my face and call me crazy. Like it doesn't hurt my feelings or like you don't have to be crazy in order to change the world. Okay. Yay. I got it. Okay. Calm down, bro. And they were all there. He used, he even used, uh, the daughter North as one of the models showing off one of the easy designs. He used a uh, performance group of young children uh, I don't know. He had a mood board for the show that included old photos of teenage virgins of, uh, of Kardashian, Beyonce, Rihanna, Angelina Jolie, Giselle Bunchkin, Naomi Campbell, Ernest Schock, Bella Hadid, Lauren Hill, Candace Swimmel, Amelia, Gary Hammond, Emily Rakowski. I mean, he's using everybody for this. He brought the whole family. They were all there, uh, except for Kim. Uh, Kim was not having any part of this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all the kids were there. Uh, Chloe and Kylie were there. But not Kim. Uh, Kim was busy paying off her fine to the SEC and uh, recording her new true crime podcast on Spotify. So she didn't have time for a yay this past weekend. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well... Who died today? Who died today? Coal miner's daughter, Loretta Lynn, died today. I know. Sad. She lived an amazing life. Uh, She passed away peacefully this morning in her uh, home 
at her ranch in Hurricane Mills. Uh, she was there with her family uh, at Hurricane Mills, Tennessee, by the way, for those of you who you know, weren't aware where Hurricane Mills was. And uh, <laughs> she was born in uh, Butcher Hollow, Kentucky. And just an amazing life. Her story is just incredible. And then she, you know, in the 50s, after she moved to Washington with her husband, she was writing songs on her, you know, Sears and Robot guitar. And her hubby was manager, and they were playing bars, and they started recording stuff. They recorded I'm a Honky Tonk Girl and traveled around and different radio stations. At that time, you stopped into the radio station and played your songs and, you know, got people to listen to you. And then they, she ended up appearing at the Grand Old Opry. Incredible. Uh, she had, I mean, just hits and was just, you know, an amazing uh, performer for the years. I mean, the one year that she won the Grammy, I think she was up, she was with, uh, what's his face? Uh, Conway Twitty. Yeah, that was, the, that was her, that was her partner, Conway Twitty, because there was uh, uh, Porter Wagner and Dolly Parton, George Jones and Tammy Wynette, and uh, Loretta Lynn and Conway Twitty. And, I, and Loretta Lynn and Twitty prevailed uh, for the vocal doer of the year. <laughs> from 72 to 76 that was awesome those were good times in country music right there Porter Wagner and Dolly Parton and George Jones and Tammy Wynette and Conway Twitty and Loretta Lynn man that's that's country music at its finest right there <laughs> she's in the country music hall of fame she uh, Sissy Spacek won an Oscar for playing her uh, in the movie, uh, holy cow, just huge. And she's got a presidential medal of freedom. So Loretta Lynn, very sad. And, uh, she was, she was an amazing woman. And one of the things that they wanted, they continued to try to get her to be part of the women's liberation movement. And she never really wanted to, uh, do it. She didn't want to, uh, she didn't want to get involved as much as they wanted her to. She talked about, uh, you know, her relationship with her husband. And she was, you know, one quote said, he never hit me once that I didn't hit him back. <laughs> That's funny business right there. That's funny business. And she, you know, talked about uh, his alcoholism and his infidelity and how they struggled over the years and how many, how many children she had. She didn't know about uh, birth control. She said uh, she wouldn't have had as many kids as she would have had uh, had she known about if she could afford birth control pills, but she said that she loved her kids and wouldn't change a thing uh, about having all her children. She was just, you know, an amazing woman and had an amazing life. So Loretta Lynn, country music's coal miner's daughter, dead at the age of 90. Rest in peace. Also, uh, another female uh, who died today. Who died? Who died today? Sasheen Littlefeather. You remember Sasheen Littlefeather? She was the. Uh, well, I was gonna say, I can't call her that anymore. She was the Native American female who declined Marlon Brando's Oscar for The Godfather way back in 1973. Remember her? And she took a beating for that, too, man. Members were booing her. She was kind of blacklisted after that. Uh, you know, she starred in... Uh, I mean, she was in a couple other movies after that, but not really. 
Uh, I think she was in uh, Billy Jack, right? <laughs> Classic Billy Jack, man. <laughs> Uh, classic of Billy Jack. Well, it might not have been the first one. It might have been the second one, I think, that she was in. So, not sure that she got a lot of work. But she ended up, she said she went back to San Francisco and worked in the theater and healthcare because uh, she felt like she was blacklisted. Yeah, the trial of Billy Jack. Yeah, I feel like that's the, I don't know that that's the actual one. Now I gotta look. Yeah, Trial of Billy Jack was the second one back in 1974. The first one, Billy Jack, was in 1971. That's the big hit. That was the big one. So she got, you know, they threw her a bone in 74. That was probably already in the can by the time she went before the Academy in 73 to decline the Marlon Brando Oscar. But she has... She has passed away and she has said, she's quoted as, when I'm gone, always be reminded that whenever you stand for your truth, you will be keeping my voice and the voices of our nations and our people alive. I remain Sashi and Littlefeather. Thank you. Okay, well, congratulations. Uh, it's awesome. I know the Oscars went back and bent the knee to her and apologized and I think they had a big event for her and everything. So, uh, you know, they, they wanted to, uh, <laughs> uh, they did not, they felt bad after she went up, <laughs> after she went up and, uh, they, uh, gave her a hard time for, uh, standing in for Marlon Brando. So they made it up to her. I don't know that they ever really could make it up to her. I mean, the clip from the Academy Awards in 73 is pretty awesome. Just, I'm going to have to play it for you because uh, she, uh, Roger Moore and Liv Ullman are the presenters and they come out and the whole clip is them presenting for uh, Best Actor. And uh, then she comes up and you can hear, I mean, the audience after she comes up treats her like crap. And uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, got, you have to hear it. Named Ingmar Bergman. Often to be most eloquent is to be silent. You're quite right. <laughs> the film we've just well, seen has said it all. Yes, it has. I think you. we should uh, say that those nominated for the best performance by an actor are Marlon Brando in The Godfather, Michael Caine in Sleuth, Laurence Olivier in Sleuth, Peter wow. O'Toole in The Ruling Class, Big names. Paul Winfield in Sounder. Wow, and the winner is open the, the envelope, is. Roger. So stern. Marlon Brando in the Yay! Yay! Now they they play the music and they show Sasheen coming up. Oh, accepting the award is Sasheen Littlefeather. Ah. She doesn't take. Roger goes to give her the award. She says, no, My name is Sasheen Littlefeather. I'm Apache, and I'm president of the National Native American Affirmative Image Committee. I'm representing Marlon Brando this evening, and he has asked me to tell you in a very long speech, which I cannot share with you presently. Yeah, it's way too long. Because oh, of time. Yeah. But I will be glad to share with the press afterwards. Sure, they want that They want that bad. regretfully cannot accept this very generous award. That's where they start getting pissed. And the reasons for this being 
are the treatment of American Indians today by the film industry. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. They're like, no, boo, get out of here. Shut up. And on television in yeah. movie reruns. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. Oh, no. I beg at this time that I have not intruded upon this evening and that we will, in the future, our hearts and our understandings will meet with love and generosity. All right. Thank you on behalf of Mom Brando. Nice. All right, so they gave her a little love. They didn't treat her so bad. She's, you know, she walks off. That wasn't bad. That was, that was not as bad as I, as I, as I, as I remember. And it wasn't as bad as I remember everyone saying it was. So they gave her a little boo with Marlon. I think they were more booing that Marlon wasn't going to accept the award. I think they were more booing at that, not that they were booing at her. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Sachin, uh, dead at the age of 75. Uh, rest in peace. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. So if you follow me on Twitter, at JeffyJFR, uh, you know that I commented on a tweet from uh, Jesse Kelly, uh, at Jesse Kelly DC. His tweet was, uh, when traveling by air, every effort should be made to avoid checking a bag. The travel is the worst part of the trip. Why on earth are you adding at least an hour of your travel? Amen. I've been saying it for years, and I quote tweeted that by mantra for years. No checking. Now, I have never lost luggage from an airline. I had luggage lost or sent later on a bus when I took a, I'll give, I could tell you a whole bus trip story there. That's for another show. But I, I haven't had luggage lost from the airlines. They've actually done really well for me as far as luggage. But for the most part, man, if you can travel on by airplane without checking your luggage, carry it on with you, you that is a must. I know sometimes it's unavoidable, but I mean, you have to, you just have to. I was reading a story about this guy who, <laughs> oh, did we forget to put your $22,000 electric wheelchair on the plane? Gosh, darn it, man. I wanted to, we just forgot. What are we going to do? Hey, Santiago. Sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> So he traveled from, uh, he was traveling from Los Angeles to Orlando with a layover in Miami. Okay. Now, originally the flight was a nonstop from LA to Orlando, but the airlines feel like they can change flights anytime they want now and they can make it, you know, you can lay over for 18 days. That's part of the trip. Sorry. Don't worry about it. Sorry. That's what we do. Don't complain or we'll throw you into airplane jail. So, you know, you have to take the layover. So he, um, he was told that the wheelchair was not there when they reached Orlando. 
Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, look, it's in uh, it's in Miami. Gosh darn it. We forgot to put it on the plane. Are you sure? You know, we know we put it on the plane from L.A. to Miami, but uh, we forgot to put it on the, on the plane where you're going to Orlando. So we'll get it there to you, okay? Here, here's just one of the, here's a caveman wheelchair that uh, isn't your $22,000 electric wheelchair. Good luck. God bless. Take care. <laughs> so they waited about five hours. He did get the chair, though. The story, you know, the story, they're beating up the airlines on this, but they did finally get the chair. The airline said, we'll get it in the next flight out of Miami. We'll get it here as fast as we can. I feel like uh, five hours from Miami to Orlando. I feel like well, they probably could have gotten it there faster, but what do I know? It's okay. He didn't know if his chair was going to show up. He said that uh, he was put on hold with customer service several times. I'm sure they were tired of him bugging them. And Okay, we got it. Okay, we told you we're going to get it to you as soon as we can. Stop calling me. <laughs> now, he claims that he constantly has feelings of uh, not being seen as a person. Uh, he said the airline's poor communication was very frustrating. Uh, it's common feeling for a lot of disabled people as they think that uh, because they have a physical disability, that means that they're less capable or less competent. And it does not mean that at all. I'm sure as hell I'm not either of those things. We got you. I know. Uh, he said that uh, he realizes that he's heard stories about how disabled people have had mobility aids broken, damaged, or lost by airlines. That's why he booked originally the one-way flight, which the airlines changed. Now, the airline, American Airlines, responded to the incident saying, hey, uh, we want all our customers to have a positive travel experience when they fly with us. Do ya? Oh, well, yes, they, that's what they said, Jeff. Okay. Including those who travel with wheelchairs and assistive devices. Uh, we extend our sincerest apologies to our customers' recent experience as they waited for their wheelchair on a recent trip with us. A member of our team has reached out to address their concerns and apologize. Oh, that's special. That's so nice of you. Sorry. <laughs> we got it to you as fast as we could. We gave you we gave you one of our regular wheelchairs for you to sit in until we got it here. Okay? Wow. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so no checking I mean I guess he couldn't take the wheelchair on the on the airline uh, it seems uh, why it seems like we should have some sort of uh, wheelchair section right where you just pop a seat out and that's where the wheelchair goes and it locks in but what do I know I, you know nothing is what I know nothing and I see where another flight an American Airlines flight. Huh, are they the only airlines flying in America now? I guess so. Uh, another flight, the American Airlines flight from Texas to New Mexico, was evacuated uh, after landing at Albuquerque Airport because of a security threat. This seems to be happening more and more, where people are getting on the plane and then having to be uh, evacuated off of the plane. Now, the 179 people on board the flight uh, flight 928 from DFW, uh, taken off the jet in the morning at Albuquerque International Sunport and were bussed to the terminal. No injuries were reported. Huh. Okay. So according to American Airlines' uh, statement, they said that uh, due to this, they were they were law enforcement. They were met with law enforcement at Albuquerque due to a security concern. The aircraft landed safely and without incident. 
Customers deplaned the aircraft using air stairs before being bussed to the terminal. Safety and security are our top priority, and we thank our customers for their cooperation and our team members for their professionalism. For more information, please contact the FBI. Oh, okay, so how about we do that? Oh, hello, FBI officials in Albuquerque. Yeah, what's up? Well, we're not going to disclose the nature of the security threat, but uh, the matter is being investigated, and uh, that's all the information you're getting. Oh, okay, so the people that were on the plane connecting or anything, did they catch all their flights? Ah, they probably, uh, they're expected to see flight delays uh, while the episode. Oh, oh, okay, so no problem. Don't worry about it. Don't even get me started on those damn airlines and... uh, Especially, well, this is in New Mexico, but my incident in Phoenix, man. I'm st- it's been years and I'm still angry. <laughs> so I can understand that this would be very frustrating. And on top of my man, Xavier Santiago, who had his uh, electric wheelchair not make the flight. Uh, very frustrating, very frustrating. And you would think, one would think, that the airlines would be going out of their way. And they are. I mean, look at all the people, the times that they fly. I get it. Their number, they'll say that they've had, we've had 18 million wheelchairs shipped, uh, flown with us, and we've only screwed up on one. You only hear about the one we screwed up. You don't hear about the thousands that get, uh, you know, that we take care of every day. I know, I know. But it's still, still frustrating, okay? Still frustrating. I mean, we live in frustrating times, right? I mean, everything can be frustrating, no question. Especially, like, shopping. Uh, I see where uh, there was a viral video this past weekend that uh, had uh, a guy saying that, uh, hey, I'm at TJ Maxx, and they just announced they needed backup cashiers, uh, Barb and Deidre, to the front. (laughs) So things are getting backed up at the old TJ Maxx, and we need some help up here, okay? And so then I guess the manager said, uh, uh, yes, when you cashiers, Barb and Deidre to the front, Barb and Deidre to the front. And so then a woman came back out on the intercom and said, uh, I'm at lunch. <laughs> we don't know if it was Barb or Deidre. We just know that one of them claimed I'm at lunch. Now that's awesome. Uh, and I, if you're the manager, you don't want that, obviously. You know, you don't. There's no reason for them to answer uh, over the over the system, except you let the least you let. Maybe there is. Maybe you let the customers know that uh, if you're Barbara Deidre, you're at lunch. I mean, if I'm the cashier and I hear uh, we need help up front, uh, Barbara Deidre, cashiers up front, Barbara Deidre, and I hear I'm at lunch, come back over the PA system. I say. Uh, whichever one is at lunch, then I need the other one up front. Whichever one is at lunch, I need the other one up front. And then the customers know, right? The customers know that you're at least attempting to get more help up front. It's very frustrating, uh, you know, frustrating times as we started with that, uh, you know, when things are backed up at stores now, uh, with self checkouts and, uh, less actual cashiers up front. And so they just back up and they do their best. I know. They do their best to get everybody through the line as fast as they can and help everyone out. And they have the front end managers and they try to make sure that everybody is moving along quickly in the te- in the self-checkout line and get everybody to move along quickly in the regular line. 
But TJ Maxx, that's one of those ones where you got to walk around a couple times, I think, and then come up to the come up to the front of it, right? I mean, I was trying to think. It's been a long time since I've been at TJ Maxx. But I used to, like, Kohl's has the separate cashiers around the store that you can go to and purchase things, right? And they may have less of those now, actually. Uh, but they had separate stations around the store that you could purchase things at then uh, if they had the help to open them up and then tj maxx you have to go up front and walk around their little candy aisle cologne thing and go up and so they have the you know the first come first serve four or five cashiers that check you out and then you walk out the door right so if there's only one or two up there and it's getting backed up people are getting pissed <laughs> <laughs> so, Barbara Deidre, uh, you better uh, better get up front because I need some backup cashiers. I'm at lunch. I mean, it's kind of a helpful hint to other people working at stores like TJ Maxx when they call for extra cashiers up front. You just hop on that PA system, man. I'm at lunch. <laughs> Even if you're not. Because the manager's got to go up and face the fire now up front. And he may uh, be the one calling for the help up front. And uh, then you realize that the manager will go, she's not, she's not, that, that sounds like Deidre. She's not at lunch. What about Barb? Get her up here. But you keep the customers at bay that way. So just a good rule of thumb. Whenever asked to come up front and help because it's getting backed up and we need some cashier help. I'm at lunch! Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.